welcome to the official podcast of the Seton Hall Sports Bowl presented by the Stillman School of Business and the Sharkey Institute at Seton Hall University. My name is Seth Everett. The director of the Seton Hall Sports Bowl is Rick Gentile. And Rick, this is episode two of one poll, yet the topics have very much varied. We'll start with the Winter Olympics. The Winter Olympics in South Korea are literally starting at the time of this recording. The opening ceremonies will be airing in the U.S., and it seems like a big chunk of the country. However, there are many concerns that in this digital age, the ability to present these things in real time it doesn't behoove NBC. Where do you sit in as somebody who has directed Olympics in the past? Well, uh, you know, it's a 14-hour time difference. When I did the Olympics in Nagano, Japan in 98, we had a 14-hour time difference. Of course, we didn't have the same ability to stream to do live streaming. Um, but what we ended up doing is when we developed the schedule with the Japan organizing committee, we put a bunch of events in the kind of late morning. So for instance, 10 in the morning in Japan was eight in the evening in the, in the East coast of the United States. So we had a live element in every primetime show. Uh, NBC chose when they did the Olympics in, um, in Sydney in 2000, mm -hmm to not do that they also had had the, a big time difference but you can use that to your advantage they decided um that everything would be on tape and and that was just the easier way to go and it is the easier way to go we had lots of problems because we had cancellations of events so we had a live window that needed filling but you know you get around that so but, uh, you know but the difference is there's no twitter there's no there's no right. the internet right. is not and and let's take streaming out of it for example and then we'll get to the questions the the idea of streaming is one thing if someone wants to see something live they will however the news is unavoidable if you yeah, follow that was ESPN, the that you're was... going to lose the you're going to get the results if you follow anything in the media you are going to get the results that takes something away doesn't it yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's the same thing as a, a European-based Olympics where you have no choice with a six-hour time difference. 8 p.m., the beginning of prime time is two in the morning. So there's, you know, you know, you just, um, there's nothing going on in Europe at two in the morning at the Olympics. But here you do have an opportunity. And we had the same issue in Japan where, where um, you know, the internet was in full bloom. You could get all the information you wanted. And of course, ESPN was reporting results and, and, and others. Um, you know, I remember us, we, we did a, uh, there was a ski race that Peekaboo Street won and it happened in, you know, about one o'clock in the morning in the East coast. And she was, we, we didn't air it cause it was one o'clock in the morning. And, and we did air it at the, in our primetime show the next day before she, before that race aired in primetime, she had done the circuit of every morning show in America. So she was on good morning America and the today show showing her medal, you know, live from, from Nagano, Japan, and we hadn't aired the event yet. So yet, you know, information definitely affects viewership. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I'm participating in this, uh, this Olympics coverage for Westwood One. Westwood One's policy is live, live, live. There is no tape delay. And they have an agreement with NBC that they can use results. They can even use play-by-play even if it has not aired on NBC. The interesting part of that is, and as we segue to the Seton Hall sports poll, 
And that is, do you plan on watching any television coverage of the Winter Olympics from South Korea? 63% said yes, but that's not quantified. That's people put on NBC. I'll use my wife as an example. She will put on NBC first as soon as she turns on her television. It doesn't matter what they're showing. Well, you know, during the Olympics, one thing about that that it doesn't surprise me, I think it's a nice, healthy number, the 63%. Um, but there's 17 days of coverage. You know, I, I actually I watched. So you're going to watch something over in 17 days. Yeah. Is probably. Accurate. I mean, I actually turned on the NBC Sports Network this morning to see curling just to see what they were covering. And, and it was live curling. So, hey, it's an Olympic sport I'm watching. Sure, sure. Um, you know, so I think I think people are still sort of generally interested in the Olympics. The fact that it's in Korea seems to maybe give it a little sizzle. I don't know. We'll We'll find that out in the next few days. Uh, the opening ceremony tonight will be interesting, and that's live. Again, I did the same thing in in Nagano. Um, it means holding the event in the in the daylight, which is not necessarily what the organizers wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I had to argue with the Japanese because they wanted to have fireworks and all sorts of stuff, and I said I need this thing, you know, eleven right. o'clock in the morning. Um, but and they're doing the same thing, which I think is the way to go. I, I mean, I I support that move. I think it's a good move. Um, so the sixty-three percent is, you know, it's not is a it's a good healthy number, and and um, we'll we'll see what kind of ratings that translates into. The next yeah, the, question to me is the far more interesting one. Sure, the many of the events during the Olympics will be live streamed by NBC. Do you plan to watch any of the live streaming content? Forty-three percent said yes. Forty-eight no. Ten don't know. Uh, do you think that number's high? I think it's a good. I think it's it's higher than I thought it would be. Uh, we've never seen in, in in the times that we've polled and we've asked people about watching, you know, stream rather than television. We've never seen a number that high. Now, the Olympics is unique, again, because, you, you know, you you have the opportunity to watch a live stream as opposed to tape coverage in prime time. A sports fan, theoretically, is going to go for the live stream. Uh, somebody who's interested in the event is going to say, well, hell, I'll watch it live. Um, you know, if given the choice, you would think that that's the, the right way to the, the, the way you would expect people to go. I don't want to say the right way. Um, so so I think it's a I think it's a it's a really solid number and very indicative of viewing habits. You know, you can't get away with with covering the Olympics on tape anymore. It's not it just doesn't work. You what know, about prime- what, but what about figure skating? Because that was a debate that we had, you know, to me. And this was something I just I'm taking this away from my meetings with the with with Westwood one to to know the results of gym of figure skating and not seeing how it happened. I just don't think plays anywhere. If I saw a tweet that told me that someone from East Germany won uh, or or Germany (laughs) won uh, figure skating, I'd still want to know how that happened. And, And considering the majority of figure skating's audience is not sports fans. How much do the results play in? Can't you just tape delay all of that? Yeah, I don't know that the majority aren't sports fans, but um, yes, and I think it will be. I think I think the primary competitions will be on on in prime time on tape um, because you can build. You know that this is the most popular sport in the Winter Olympics by far, um, and it, it's it's a story to be told. You know, it, it's obviously skating, figure skating. It's it's um, there's an artistic component to it. There's an athletic component as well, but 
Um, and and the, you want to tell the story of the competition, the drama and all that. Yes, you'll know if you're interested in knowing who won, but you don't know, you know, what was the pressure? Did she have a fall? Did, you know, whatever, or he. Um, so, yeah, figure skating is is a pretty unique, has a pretty unique role in all of this. And I think that you'll see, you know, you'll see some live coverage because there's lots of skaters and they'll have some preliminaries in the afternoons um, that you might see, in, you might see live on, on in prime time. Um, but generally speaking, the figure skating coverage is going to be on tape. I was looking forward to asking you this, given your background with the Olympics, and that is the hockey tournament. Uh, this year, uh, there is no NHL involvement in the hockey tournament. Um, I understand that's a separate discussion, why they're not there and, and all the like. However, um, it seems like there are two factors. Number one, the, the time difference. All the events are going to be uh, live, but they're all going to be in the middle of the night. Uh, in the United States. And then there's the women's tournament, which seems to be the best chance for the United States success. Um, they have had a lot of hype surrounding the women's uh, hockey tournament. Uh, my question to you is how much does the social media world hurt this versus how much does the lack of NHL involvement hurt this? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, the, look, the NHL involvement has been very successful for the Olympics in general not so much for the United States. The U.S. team, the U.S. team of, of NHL players has never really had any impact. Um, but obviously the great no, the NHL, NHL itself doesn't really benefit. The NHL doesn't benefit, yeah, pretty much, other than that some of the international stars are playing on teams and they're winning gold medals, whether it's Sweden or Canada or Russia or whoever. Sure. Um, so that in that way, it benefits in that they're showcasing these great international stars. Um, but but the U.S. has ne- the U.S. team has never had any impact. And and so in terms of, you know, I think in terms of the network broadcasting the game's ratings, there's no real payoff. Um, and plus, first of all, hockey isn't basketball in terms of popularity. And they can. You know, there's lots of facets to the question. They can show hockey live. I did it in Nagano again. I I scheduled American U.S. games at at um at uh what let's see what time it was about um one one forty five in the afternoon, and I could play them in my late night show in in there live in the entirety at eleven forty five at night. So you know, primetime shows over, late night comes on. Instead of just showing highlights on late night, I could tease all night that you'll see live hockey. And our ratings were sensational in the late night show. So it, it is possible to show hockey live in the late night. Um, you know, it's even possible to show it live in prime time, but, but no broadcaster would ever do that because it would be a ratings disaster. Right. Prime, it, it wouldn't hurt. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't help. So, right. So, so the, you know, there is a window where hockey can be very effective. Um, and, and the NHL part. Yeah. Look, I, I did an Olympics in Alberville before the, um, um, before the NHL participated, that didn't start till 98, in 92. Right. And we had a fantastic American team that went to the to the finals with Russia. So, um, you know, it, it was, I well, didn't go to the finals. They went, they were undefeated until they played the Russians and then, um, you know, went on to the medal round. And it was, it was really exciting, a terrific team. Um, and it got a lot of attention. 
you know, what, what's the greatest hockey story in history? It's, it had nothing to do with the NHL. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, what I'm interested to see is if the NHL rating stays consistent. Uh, NBC is talking about airing uh, NHL games uh, during the Olympics, which yeah, is, that's which is fascinating. Odd. That's uh, odd, I, yeah. Well, you know, look, there, there's 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 a pl- plenty of things you can. It, it is one of the great to me. It's one of the great sports debates uh, because you can see both sides. I could totally see both sides. I see the benefit for going. I see the benefit for not going. I, I, I it is one of those to me. The, the the problem is the mainstream public doesn't care about something like that that much. So you lack the passion. But from from a personal standpoint, I think that's one of the great sports debates of all time. Yeah, it's, it, you're right. You can see both sides. It's very clear, uh, you know, what the pressures are. And, you know, it's unfortunate that that's Players the case. Want it, right, right. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. It's unfortunate that, you know, it's in the middle of the season. It would really disrupt – It not will. It has disrupted the NHL season in the past. Um, and the, the truth is that – if the if the hockey competition in the Olympic Games is is compelling, if it's you know it doesn't have to be as high quality as the NHL, um, it could still be good enough quality to watch. Um, and and you know I th- the Olympics won't really suffer without the NHL, and I don't think the NHL will suffer by not being there. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of of it. Hockey doesn't command the kind of attention it would if the greatest players in the world were playing. Sure, sure. Uh, finally, would you be more likely to buy a product advertised during the Olympics, less likely or no difference? 87% said no difference. No surprise there, right? Yeah, no surprise. It's funny, though, that with all the money spent on advertising, that every time we do a poll, whether it's Olympics or Super Bowl or whatever, that it always comes out to be the same. Advertisers, people who, who you know, advertising agencies and, and products who spend all the money, to, they don't believe this. You know, and and there probably is some truth to the subliminal part. I don't go I don't go into a show thinking if I see a really good commercial, I'm going to go out and buy the product. Um, but sometimes you see a commercial and go, oh, maybe I'll try that. So right. you know, that's the, that. This is kind of a predictable number. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you stream, that's a second availability of advertising correct i mean it's not at the same rate but in some cases they show the exact same advertisers that are on the the tv show if you're streaming a tv show Uh, but generally speaking there were there are different advertisements advertisements in the olympics i would imagine that the olympic sponsors who pay so much for exclusivity will get the same opportunity on the stream Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, Closer to home, the National Basketball Association has proposed a plan for sports gambling to the New York State Senate that would include the league receiving 1% of all wagers and allowing wagering on handheld devices and in kiosks as opposed to just casinos and racetracks. Do you think a professional sports league should be taking such an active role in promoting the legalization of sports gambling? 69% said no, 16 yes, and 14 no opinion. Yeah, um, I was I was surprised by that because um, in the past when we've asked about sports gambling, a majority has generally been in favor. This is a different question. This is should the should a professional league be taking such an aggressive stance? Um, so it's a pretty overwhelming negative. 
and and honestly, I, when I saw that story, when I was following it and I saw the story, um, I, I was surprised by the NBA's position. You know, the leagues have have not just been benign about this. They've been very much against legalized gambling. The NFL, the NBA, MLB, and the NCAA have all uh, petitioned in New Jersey, particularly where they where a law passed allowing it, they passed to stop the law and, and succeeded. So for, for the NBA to make not just a switch and say, oh, okay, it's all right, but to have a, 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 an active proposal is really, really surprising to me. Yeah, I, I, I wonder where this is all going. And again, you know, the NBA has been at the foremost uh, about the legalization of sports gambling since the minute Adam Silver took office. Uh, I applaud him trying to get it on the books. I like the idea of him being more transparent uh, than the other leagues. My biggest gripe, and I've said this all along, I, I thought it was very strange that there are anti-gambling uh, 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 signs all over all over ballparks, yet Major League Baseball would provide a, a fantasy uh, information show. Right, well, uh, fantasy... Fantasy somehow snuck under the wire. I just, uh, I was like, uh, that, that, to me, yeah. that's hip- hypocritical. At least what the NBA is saying is we want to get behind it. We right. want to do this. We're, we're willing to embrace it. We think that gambling is a huge part of our game. Yeah, I think it's true. I like the transparent nature of it. I think that's true. I mean, I agree. I think if you're going to be sort of say I'm for it, then then come out and be proactive and say, here's how it can work effectively for everybody. And by the way, we want a piece of it. Um, you know, I think I, I don't I don't fault the NBA, I, but I think it took people by surprise more than anything that they would take such an aggressive stance. I, I, to me, that's the reaction. As well, opposed to I'm against gambling, because I don't think I look, you said, where is this going? I think where it's going is is there will be legalized gambling, sports gambling. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's know, just a matter of time, right? Right. I think in those states that are interested, that it'll happen. And yes, I think it's a matter of time. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, debate. And I, I, I just, I'm curious to see where, where this all goes. All right. Um, an unfortunate uh, c- part of the poll, uh, not that you had to, to put this question in, but it's, a, it's just an awful subject. Uh, a doctor who is employed by the United States Gymnastics Federation and Practice Medicine the Michigan State University has been convicted of sexually abusing over 100 female gymnasts, including many minors, over a period of decades. As a result, the president and athletic director of Michigan State has resigned, as has the entire board of the U.S. Gymnastics Federation. Do you think the gymnastics board members and university officials should face criminal charges for not taking action on the many complaints from victims? A whopping 78% said yes, 16% said no opinion. Uh, only 6% said no. Yeah, it is a horrible story and it's a horrible situation. And I think people, it, it does, it's not a, a one day story, you know, it just keeps going and he keeps being sentenced. And, um, yeah. um, and, and now we're seeing more and more of these, of these victims, um, on television, getting interviewed family members. Um, and I, and I, I think what's happening is people are saying it's not enough that this one creep um you know getting punished while the others simply say okay I'll, I'll resign my post that they're saying it's not enough they will they if if in fact these officials knew what was going on that makes them complicit and if they're complicit it makes them accessories before during and after the fact um, how does the, how does this compare to the uh 
to the Penn State case? Well, the Penn State case, there was a there was a, a debate about who knew um, and, and, and did they ignore complaints? Honestly, I think it's very similar. Fewer victims. Uh, victims were, were boys, not girls. Um, and and um, I just read a column this morning saying, you know, did it make it OK that they were that they were boys? And, and now it's I mean, I'm sorry. Did it make it worse that they were boys? And now that they were, it was girls, it's not so bad. I don't know that that's a factor. I think I, th- I think it is very similar. Um, and it was frankly, it was handled in a similar way. Um, the university officials resigned their posts. Joe Paterno was essentially sent away in disgrace. Um, you know, there weren't criminal charges brought. Uh, well, actually, I think there were in some cases at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is a very similar case. It's it, look, it's a it's it's a university um, condoning it, condoning by inaction these horrible events that took place. And I I, I think maybe that maybe. The public is just saying, and especially now with all the the Me Too stuff going on, and um, and and so much sensitivity about about abuse in so many ways, this is particularly ugly. Um, and and I think people are saying, yeah, let's start let's start locking people up. Well, yeah, I think there's a direct correlation to Penn State, and there was such a a, a fervor. I wasn't with the poll, but you guys did polls uh, around the time of the the Sandusky case, and the you know Penn State people knew about it and covered it up, and yep. uh, this just just reeks of of of, of the same thing. And well, it, and the results were were this very much the same then that the public was there was there was no ambiguity. It was you know we would ask questions about yeah, but do you think Joe Paterno blah blah, and the answer was hey. I know he's Joe Paterno. I know he's a legend. He's one of the great coaches in history. But if he knew, he's got to be gone. Right. Um, uh, and that, yeah. that was very much the attitude. And I think that's the attitude now. The Seton Hall Sports Bowl was conducted between the days of January 29th and 31st. The Seton Hall Sports Bowl is conducted by the Sharkey Institute at the Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University. Uh, when Next poll is in a couple of weeks. So we'll uh, look forward to talking to you then. You got it. Thank you, Seth. All right. That's Rick Gentile, the director of the Seton Hall Sports Bowl. I'm Seth Everett. Thanks for listening.